How long will they promote their lying disobedience as fact? Psalms chapter 4, verse 2. O ye sons of men, how long will ye turn my glory into shame? How long will ye love vanity and seek after leasing, Selah? Man has turned God's glory into shame. The man, Adam, was created in the image and likeness of God. God's glory was shed upon him. But academia, with its pretend science, has demoted man to a mere beast which originated in a mysterious primordial soup. This is just one example of turning God's glory into shame. The confession of the ungodly is one of ignorant vanity. Unregenerated man's appetite for lies is directly proportional to his adversity to truth. That may sound simplistic, but when you consider the definition of truth, it becomes clear. Jesus defines truth as he refers to the word of his Father in John seventeen seventeen. Sanctify, uh, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. When Noah Webster defines truth in his 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language, he uses John 17:17 17, 17 as the proper example of usage and the primary definition. When you also take into consideration the fact that God and his word are one and the same, John 1, 1, it becomes obvious that to be anti-God is to be anti-truth. Therefore, man's appetite for lies is directly proportional to his adversity to truth. Would you like to know the truth that will set you free? Click on the Further with Jesus on this website for an immediate introduction. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 31. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the field, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good in the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said through the biblically recorded genealogies, the delineation of generations, and scripturally dated events that the earth is just over 6,000 years old. Man said, don't make me laugh. Everyone knows the world and the universe are billions and billions of years old. Science has proven it. Now the record. The challenges to the concept of the 6,000-year-old earth that we receive at God said, man said, are incessant. But when we counter-challenge the antagonist to supply proof that it's billions of years old, their heated rhetoric goes silent and they fade away into the darkness from whence they came. Are you aware that no science has ever proven the earth to be older than just over 6,000 years? Are you aware that until the popularization of Darwin's style of evolution in the latter part of the 19th century, that the belief in the biblical truth of a young earth was largely universal? Are you aware that no true science of any nature 
has ever controverted the word of God. Are you aware that men love the darkness of unbelief because their deeds are evil? Are you aware that men refuse the truth and embrace the lie because it's a matter of kinship and that it comes naturally? Are you aware that the theories of the anti-God group have been and are continually being debunked? If you are a guest who is not aware of these things, spend some time with us and consider this presentation. The principles of the inerrancy of the Word of God and the errancy of man's oppositions are addressed here. Presently, there are nearly 250 separate features on this site, all with streaming audio. Get a cup of tea, put up your feet, and click and listen. Scientific disciplines speculate on the age of the universe, the earth, rocks, fossils, etc., employing various means, offering dates far in excess of 6,000 years, means, by the way, which are regularly falsified and the source of public academic embarrassment. An article in archaeology titled, Look Before You Date, is an example of false dating. The article deals with some serious dating discrepancies of ancient fossils. A controversial statement made by scholars in 1980 claimed that Hanhofferson Man, a fossil discussed in this article, has both Neanderthal and modern human characteristics enforcing evolution's theory on the progression of man. Some serious backpedaling is going on. The following excerpts are from that article. Bizarre revelations about the career of a 65-year-old anthropologist who was recently forced to retire from the University of Frankfurt have set tongues wagging in international scientific circles. Reiner Proch von Zeiten, a larger-than-life professor with a penchant for luxury cars and Cuban cigars, was forced to end his 30-year career as a carbon-dating specialist following a year-long investigation into his professional indiscretions. Many of Prosh's colleagues had their suspicions about his work, and in 2001, Thomas Turberger of Greifswald University sent several fossil samples originally dated by Prosh to Oxford University's Radiocarbon Accelerator Unit for reanalysis. Hanhofferson Mann, the world's oldest German, a 36,300 years old, proved to be only 7,500 years old. Binzoff Spire Woman, a 21,300-year-old specimen known for her remarkably well-preserved teeth, was just 3,090 years old. And Petterborn Sandy Man, dated by Prosch to 27,400 years ago, had died in the 18th century. Turberger published a paper on his findings with Martin Street of the Romus Germanische Central Museum and the University of Frankfurt later launched an investigation. Prosch dismissed the new dates, blaming the results on the possibility that lab workers did not remove shellac from the samples before performing carbon-14 testing. Then things really got weird. Investigators, uh, investigative reports in the German magazine Der Spiegel last year first revealed that Rainer Post, Prost excuse me, von Zeiten had lied about his ties to Prussian aristocracy and was actually the son of a Nazi party member who fled to the United States after the war. Der Spiegel also made public allegations that Prost was unable to operate his own carbon dating machine, ordered the destruction of materials in the university archives associated with Nazi medical experiments, and attempted to sell off the anthropology department's chimpanzee skull collection to a U.S. collector for $70,000. Prost told the magazine that many of the specimens up for sale were part of his personal collection. And again, the article reads, the three redated specimens were not as pivotal as some reports imply. 
agrees Martin Sheen, who sees a bigger issue at hand. Clearly, it would be ideal if the age of a whole range of other alleged Pleistocene hominid fossils could be confirmed by absolute methods, such as carbon-14 dating. But it remains to be seen whether this lesson will be learned by the anthropological community. Maybe we should re-examine our whole obsession with age, says Jeffrey Swartz of the University of Pittsburgh. When scientists thought Hanhofferson was really old, they started reading archaic characteristics into it. What are they going to do? Look, what are they, excuse me, what are they going to look for now that they know it's 7,500 years old? Schwartz believes paleoanthropologists should rely more on looks to obtain dates. The specimen preserves the morphology, so morphology should inform you about your interpretations of the specimen, not its age. And the Prost case certainly points out that this kind of scientific approach is the better one, end of quote. In October of 2004, Australian anthropologist Peter Brown made global news with his discovery of the so-called Flores Man. The following paragraphs are from an article in Discover magazine titled, The Latest Flap Over Flores Man. Last October, Australian anthropologist Peter Brown made headlines when he announced the discovery of a new species of the genus Homo, a four-foot-tall hominin who lived on the remote uh, Indonesian island of Flores, 18,000 years ago. But soon after the TV lights went out, his find became mired in scientific controversy. And now, a top Indonesian scientist, Tuku Jacob, has taken charge of the skeptical remains, denying access to Brown and others. Jacob also challenges the discovery altogether, arguing that Flores man was merely a pygmy with a rare genetic disorder that affected the size and shape of his skull. And again from the article. Jacob believes LB1, the name given to the bones, was a pygmy homo sapien afflicted with microcephaly, a genetic disorder that causes small, abnormally shaped skulls. When he measured Flory's man, he says he determined that he was a foot taller and had a skull inset 50 cubic centimeters larger than Brown had found. He also discovered groups of pygmies living in isolated villages in the densely forested region near the Lingbu Cave. Jacob claims they are direct descendants of Flory's man, end of quote. Disciplines promoting the theory of evolution and its billions of years continue to stumble, but the science of a young earth continues to testify of the accuracy of the word of God. In an article in the June 2005 issue of Impact under the title Evidence for a Young World, physicist D. Russell Humphreys lists 14 natural phenomena that say young, 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 Four of the 14 are reprinted below. 1. Too few supernova remnants. According to astronomical observations, galaxies like our own experience about one supernova, a violently exploding star, every 25 years. The gas and dust remnants from such explosions, like the Crab Nebula, expand outward rapidly and should remain visible for over a million years. Yet the nearby parts of our galaxy in which we could observe such gas and dust shells contain only about 200 supernova remnants. That number is consistent with only about 7,000 years' worth of supernovas. Number two, too much carbon-14 in deep geologic strata. With their short 5,700-year half-life, no carbon-14 atoms should exist in any carbon older than 250,000 years. Yet it has proven impossible to find any natural source of carbon below Pleistocene Ice Age strata that does not contain significant amounts of carbon-14 
even though such strata are supposed to be millions or billions of years old. Conventional carbon-14 laboratories have been aware of this anomaly since the early 1980s, have striven to eliminate it, and are unable to account for it. Lately, the world's best such laboratory, which has learned during two decades of low-carbon-14 measurements how not to contaminate specimens externally, under contract to creationists, confirms such observations for coal samples and even for a dozen diamonds, which cannot be contaminated in situ from recent carbon. These constitute very strong evidence that the Earth is only thousands, not billions of years old. Number three, too much helium in minerals. Uranium and thorium generate helium atoms as they decay to lead. A study published in the Journal of Geographical Research showed that such helium produced in zircon crystals in deep, hot Precambrian granitic rock has not had time to escape. Though the rock contains 1.5 billion years' worth of nuclear decay products, newly measured rates of helium loss from zircon show that the helium has been leaking for only 6,000 years, plus or minus 2,000. This is not only evidence for the youth of the Earth, but also for episodes of greatly accelerated decay rates of long half-life nuclei within thousands of years ago, compressing radioisotope timescales enormously. Number four, biological material decays too fast. Natural radioactivity, mutations, and decay degrade DNA and other biological material rapidly. Measurements of the mutations rate of uh, mitochondrial DNA recently forced researchers to revise the age of mitochondrial Eve from a theorized 200,000 years down to possibly as low as 6,000 years. DNA experts insist that DNA cannot exist in natural environments longer than 10,000 years, yet intact strands of DNA appear to have been recovered from fossils allegedly much older, Neanderthal bones, insects in amber, and even from dinosaur fossils. Bacteria, allegedly 250 million years old, apparently have been revived with no DNA damage. Soft tissue and blood cells from a dinosaur have astonished experts, end of quote. Author P.S. Taylor in his book, The Illustrated Origins Handbook, lists 107 processes that science suggests are evidence for a young earth. The list is certainly not exhaustive. The word of God is true and righteous altogether. It is written of Christ in Romans 9.33, As it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Trust in Jesus. He is never wrong, and he never loses. God said, Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said through the biblically recorded genealogies, the delineation of generations and scripturally dated events, that the earth is just over 6,000 years old. Man said, don't make me laugh. Everyone knows the world and the universe are billions and billions of years old. Science has proved it. Now you have the record.